This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. The workday is coming to an end. It is 5 o'clock. I will see you all tomorrow. But Quinn and Chris are just getting started. Sports talk it is. Your hosts, Tony Quinn Jr. This will be, oh my gosh, I got to take a picture of this bird flying underneath the tree. <laughs> I love this. This is just amazing. And Chris Ello. The old 1920 style Padre ballpark. You can get it for a nickel. Get yourself some hot nuts at the Padre <laughs> Ballpark. It's time to get you up to speed on all things sports. Yes! 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 With plenty of nonsense in between. Oh, look! Here comes our fearless producer! Gwen and Chris starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. Into our number three. 401 on the dial, Sam Levitt, Craig Marchese, Tony Gwynn Jr. here with you till 6 o'clock. Got a Tony versus the fans coming your way, or Gwynn versus the fans coming your way, however you want to put it. But we got a little time before we get to that point. NFL playoffs kick off Saturday, and uh, there's some pretty big storylines developing. We'll start in Miami, where my partner who's out today, Chris Sello, will be without his starting quarterback. Tua has not been cleared and has actually been ruled out for this playoff game. And, uh, I mean, as you said earlier, it was probably a small chance that they had, had to win that game anyway. Uh, it basically disappeared, I think, once uh, Skylar Thompson became the starting head, co- head, head starting quarterback, I should say. Yeah, Skylar Thompson did not inspire a lot of confidence uh, on Sunday against the Jets. Now, who knows? It's the playoffs. Anything can Anything happen. Can happen but right? I, I would be shocked if that's much of a game um, in Buffalo. So, uh, you know, out of the wild card games here, that that to me is the least uh, the least exciting at this point because uh, that, that's not going to be close. Now, the other game that, that I said could be on upset alert, but it depended on this particular score to, uh, starting quarterback being in the game. I don't know. It's Wednesday. This is this is the day. Tomorrow is when your antennas completely go up. If uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't practice tomorrow, I mean, listen, they're gonna. This is gonna be a. a, a they're gonna make the wait as long as they can to make this decision. But it, 
if he's not in that game, you can almost you can pretty much put the Bengals uh, right next to yeah. uh, right next to Buffalo in terms of uh, an easy matchup. And on top of that, for Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley did not throw a pass during the media viewing portion of practice today. He's dealing with tendonitis in his right shoulder. So Anthony Brown, who who started, <laughs> right, started uh, who started on Sunday, didn't go well for him either. Yeah, I mean, look, even if Lamar played, and who knows if he's close to 100%, whatever it is, I still like the Bengals in that game. Bengals have played really well. What Joe Burrow's done, what they've done down the stretch. Um, I, I said earlier, I think the Buffalo-Miami game is the least intriguing, but especially if Lamar doesn't play, that would... It probably might the, go, it might go below yeah, it, right? That's, that's either the most or second most kind of uh, least intriguing. I, I hope Lamar plays. I do too. I really do, because uh, I think that makes it a, a much better game and, and gives Baltimore a shot. I, I, I agree. Um, uh, the Giants, uh, for their part, certainly aren't uh, satisfied with getting into the playoffs. Now, are, are you, being a New Yorker, are you a Jets guy? I'm more of a Jets guy. Oh, you're a Jets yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm more of a Jets guy. I did not, um, I wouldn't call myself like a diehard fan of either team growing up. I was very much a baseball kid. Frank? Giants, Frank? Jets. He's Giants, I think. Yes, that would yeah. be Giants. I, I, I prefer the Jets. You prefer in the Jets. In fact, I prefer the Jets so much that one Sunday here in the baseball offseason in San Diego, they were playing the Bears at home. This was the first game that Mike White started after Wilson got benched. I went to the Jets bar here in San Diego. There's a Jets bar? And watched the game. There were a ton of people there. Good for you. You yeah. got to be with like-minded folks. Yeah, but I didn't talk to I didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> I actually I ate I ate because it was ten a.m. I ate breakfast, um, and I just sat there watched how, the game. I didn't really interact. How with do the, you, uh, and Frank? You've been here for a while now, but how do you you East Coasters enjoy? Because I, I I absolutely despise one, one o'clock football games. Despise it. I like my football to start at ten. I I love it. I love it in general. I, okay, I just wanted to see how you guys, because you, well, you guys have gotten both consistently. I mean, to watch most of the games in the morning and still have your entire Sunday Isn't that left. beautiful? Yeah, that's, that's, it. I love that's it. it. I love it in general, having okay. the sports earlier. Now, I will say this. It is weird sometimes. and In fact, like I thought about this during, um, during baseball season. It is a very different fan experience. Being a baseball fan, like if you're a Padres fan, and you have stretches of games when the team's on the East Coast where, you know, the games are starting at 4 p.m. <laughs> it, it is weird because on the East Coast, you don't have that at all. Yeah, no, you don't. You it's don't. it's funny. as For me, it's it's norm because watching so many games yeah. growing up, that is, I like it was like the best time, right? Because, you know, if Padres are playing at home, a lot of times I had to go to bed before right. the game ended. I got to watch all nine innings when they were on the East Coast, point. four o'clock. Come home from school, sit in front of the couch, get the game on. It was it was right up my right. alley. I guess for the working person, yeah, the, yeah, the, no, the, the I can see that. The earlier games are tough on the East Coast. It was more of like a like a novelty that the games were on so late when they were on the West Coast. You know, it was like kind of cool. You were staying right, up you're late staying to up watch. late to watch. A yeah, game. it's it is very very different. Anyway, not to derail the yeah, uh, no. NFL. But. <laughs> no worries, we're done with the NFL anyway. <laughs> 
What you got, some Frank? Yeah, I was going to say if you guys are interested, like talking about team bars and stuff, the uh, the Naughty Barrel downtown is the home for the New York Islanders San Diego hey. chapter. I saw, so, you know, I saw somebody <laughs> with wait a, New York Islanders yeah. yes. hockey. Yep. Yeah, their next meetup is January twenty fifth when they take on the Senators. And my wallet providing, really? I may I may be there. You know, I, Islander I, fan. I meant to. Uh, I'm and I'm not a big hockey guy, but I know Frank likes the Islanders, and I guess I'll root for the Islanders. Um, I saw I was in North Park. I was socializing, and I saw a guy with an Islanders jersey on, and I almost meant me. to text you. It was not Frank. <laughs> I meant to text you, but I was like, I got to get some Islanders gear. That would be kind of cool to wear. That's interesting. Here. You, you you find out that there are a lot of non San Diegan or outside of even California teams yeah. where there's a bar or a restaurant where they can go frequent. That's that's pretty cool. One of the one of the many cool things about this city. All right. Uh, I think we got a uh, Tony versus the fan right now. If you had one shot, one opportunity to take down the human almanac himself. Howdy do. Now is your time. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. Now is your opportunity to win a prize. Well, I hope you know Jen for. Chris versus the fans starts now on 97.3 The Fan. All right. Um, I first need to tell everybody or the, the contestants what they are uh, competing for. Well, you have a chance to qualify for the grand prize. That's two tickets to Sebastian Maniscalco, Maniscalco at the Encore Theater and one night stay at Win Las Vegas following 19 sold out shows in 2022 and his brand new Netflix special titled Is It Me? Comedian Sebastian Maniscalco is set to return to the iconic Encore Theater at Wynn Las Vegas with his brand new residency on January 6th and 7th, March 3rd and 4th, May 27th and 28th. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Uh, I think we need a, a read of the rules. And yes. Sam, we'll take that. Okay, I'm going to... This is my first time hosting uh, Tony versus the fans. So here we go. I hope I described this okay. You have to make it through three questions. Each question will get more difficult. If you get the question right... You move on. If you get the question wrong and Tony gets the question right, you are eliminated. If Tony gets it wrong, then you move on to the next question or win. Did that make sense? That made per- matter of fact, I, you know, Stravy's going to be mad at me for saying this, but you read that better than any time he's ever read it. It was cleaner. There was no mess up. So, you know, that was a great job. Scraby is yelling at his radio right now. <laughs> yeah, he 100% is because he's probably listening right now. All right. Our first contestant. Is Charles. Hello, Charles. How are you? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Great to talk with you. And Tony, I never get to talk to you, so I just want to say the big Yankee fan that I am. Your dad is the only one that hit a home run in the playoffs against the Yankees that didn't even make me mad. So it's a pleasure. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Charles, the Yankee fan. He is contestant number one. Let's get into it. Charles, we will begin with an easy one. Your first question, Carlos Correa made his Major League debut with what team? The team I hate more than any team, more than almost more than the Red Sox. Uh, that would Ooh. be the Astros. Have the Astros risen to the point I, of I Red Sox so. hatred? If I'm a Yankee fan, it would. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough bar to get to right there. All right. All right. So, Charles, you have secured question number one, and I'm just making sure I'm doing this right now. I go to the, the second question. Yes, you okay. do. You got it question right. number two. 
Alright Charles, here we go. Cue number two. In the 2006 season, this team tied for the second best record in the NFL with their 13-3 record, but lost Super Bowl 50... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm looking, the only I'm one who can't read the, Roman I'm numerals. I'm looking at the Roman numerals. Is that 51? <laughs> sure. XLI? Sure. All right. Well, this was 2006. <laughs> so this, okay. To the Indianapolis Colts, which team was this? Okay. You said Indianapolis Colts, they, they lost to that, yes. did you say? Yes. And this was following the 2006 season. So I assume the Super Bowl was in 2007. So, I, think I, I, it was, uh, I think it's 2005. Oh. What was your answer, Charles? The uh, Saints. The Saints. The Saints is incorrect. That was the Chicago Bears. Oh, you oh is that not? To give oh. the answer. <laughs> well, Wait, good for you, Charles. Chance. No, Charles, you move on to the third round. All right, Sam, my man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I am. uh, uh, It's all right, Sam. It's the first time uh, doing it. I am no Pat Sajak. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What an error. I mean, that's like an all-time error. Steve Harvey coming through clutch. Listen, it it definitely gets harder for you, Charles. So uh, you will have earned it if you can get through this next question. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Question number three. All right, Charles. Question number three. Which Chargers wide receiver has finished in the top five of franchise receiving yards three times? I don't know all the names. I think his... Jeez, uh... I think his last name is Woods. <laughs> the guy that just got hurt. I can't think of <laughs> That is incorrect. Right. So, uh, give me the question again. Okay, Sam. the question again, Tony. Which Chargers wide receiver has finished in the top five of franchise receiving yards three times? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I don't think this is a, a new school guy, although they're – have been, uh, especially here as of recently, uh, Chargers have had one of the most consistent wide receivers. But I think this is Lance Allworth. Ooh, wow. Tony, that was good. Yeah. I mean, th- th- to be fair, uh, gosh, why, is, why am I blanking on the Charger right, wide receiver right now who's one of the most consistent ones in the league right now? Uh, Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has been there for a while, but I don't know that he's been there long enough to rank in the top five of all of the all of the Charger uh, record books. So, yeah, Lance mm. was the one who's had the most longevity and put up numbers for a long time. All right. Very, very good. Good job, Tony. Sorry, Charles. Charles sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Keenan Allen was the one I was thinking of. Uh, okay. Have <laughs> a uh, great day, guys. You, you got – hey, Sam, you, you're you're the best. And, thank uh, you. And, and, Tony, you're the – you guys are you guys are amazing. We and, appreciate uh, And big thank um, Padres' second favorite team, and I'm looking for that rematch in 98. So you all have a great day. All right, Thank Charles. You, Charles. Thank you for listening. Appreciate that. So Charles 
did not win, although I gave him I, uh, question I, you, number two. You know, the, the tough part for you would have been if he had won, your mentions would have been filled up with some pretty <laughs> – uh, some pretty upset folks that felt like he probably handed him a win. Yeah, but he well, didn't that would have been so true. Good. That would have been true. All right, next contestant, we go to John. Hello, John. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are we doing? Doing well, John. Doing great, John. All right, here we go, John. Question number one. Uh-oh, the we're having it. There it is. Uh, we're just doing a screen great, great job on Tony versus the fans today. Good job by Tony. Not so much by uh, the host or the uh, technology. All right, here we go. Question number one, John. Lincoln Riley, current coach at USC, coached where before taking over at USC? Oklahoma. Nice work. Nice work. Very nice, John. All right, question number... Oh, thank you very much. Yes, question number two. All right, not a tough one, but let's see. The Yankees, a lot too much Yankees talk. I'm glad you didn't give oh, this uh, give this to Charles, our last yes. contestant. All right, the Yankees... Well, I gave him question number two <laughs> might anyway. might as well have, though. The huh? Yankees last won the World Series in 2009. Who was the manager of the Yankees at the time? In 2009. Oh, I see his face. It, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is going to drive me nuts. You're going to have to buzz me. It's, uh, I mean, he was with the Angels. He played with the Angels. The Mac, you know, gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Mm. I'm going to lose it. I know. <laughs> Who is it? Tony? Uh, Who is it? I believe it was Joe Girardi. Oh, there we right. go. Joe Girardi. <laughs> Thanks for competing, John. All right. Have a good day, guys. Thanks for having me. That was – I'm surprised that uh, John didn't get that. That one – yeah, well, I mean, it's not like Joe Girardi hasn't managed not, in a it, long yeah, time. If you're, but if you're not a Yankee fan, you, well, that's you might, true. You might yeah. have missed it. Yeah, that's true. All right. Next contestant on Tony versus the fans, we go to Kyle. Hello, Kyle. Hello, gentlemen. What's going on, TG Jr. and the uh, future legendary Sammy Lib? <laughs> <laughs> What's going you. on? I don't know about legendary, but uh, – I, I am the host well, of Tony versus the fans. A lot of people that a lot of people follow you, and uh, you got that voice that's kind of mesmerizing, and then your work ethic is great. And uh, I'll quit schmoozing. I'll let you go ahead. All right, Kyle. Here we go. Question number one. Kyle, which NBA player played for the Milwaukee Bucks for his first six seasons, then played his final? Ah, four we did se- this one already. Did it yesterday. Did it yesterday. Okay. Yes. Well, okay. There. Good thing Tony's here. <laughs> All right, Kyle, question number one. What is Scrapey doing with this question list? Clearly nothing. Oh, okay. Hopefully we didn't. Hopefully they didn't. Make sure, whatever the, make sure that whatever the next question is that you make sure you give the answer right after you give it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, here we go. Hopefully they didn't do this one yesterday. Question number one. What number did Joe Montana wear while with the 49ers? Oh, man. I, I'm... That goes back. I'm going to say 15. 18? Mm. 15 or 12. Mm. Oh, oh. What was it? 16. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah, you know, 16 and 18, if you close your eyes, yeah. you can make, you can make them do the, the same difference. thing. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. but mine, mine, was, mine was closer, though. But you, <laughs> yours was closer, but you still move on to the second round anyway. All right. Second round. Question number two. This is a good one. 
Good job, Scraby. While most of his 20-year career was spent with the Green Bay Packers, which NFL team drafted Brett Favre in 1991? Come on, really? <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of hell, but my goodness. Uh, I have uh, the answer is no clue. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tony. Oh, my God. I know I, I see him throwing a ball <laughs> in turf. Maybe it was a road game, though. Who was that? I, 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 I don't have an answer. Oh. The Falcons. That's the turf uh, I saw, huh? The Falcons. The Falcons. Uh. Yep. Drafted Brett Favre in 1991. All right, Kyle, you are on to question number three. Here we go. Oh, hmm. Question number three. Do I go easier, harder? Go whatever. Go what you do. Know. All right, let's do this one. Here we go. Here, here we go. Here we go. Ray Allen played for four NBA teams. Did this one. Did this one? Yes. Scraby clearly hasn't erased erased some of these questions. Here we go. Question number three. Reset. Who was the first player to record 200 sacks in NFL history? Who was the first player to record 200 sacks in NFL history? Wow, I'm just gonna take a stab. I don't think it's anywhere near clear. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna guess. Uh, uh, Deacon Jones. It's got to be Reggie White. Oh my lord! <laughs> Bruce Smith. Oh, that's right. Bruce Smith was the, the answer. Hall of Famer Bruce Smith. Man, Bruce Kyle, Smith. you you unlo- you unlost your way all the way to the qualification. Man, nice work. Nice job, Kyle. Hang on the line, Kyle. Uh, Frank will take care of you when uh, we come for break. We got to get to break because uh, we are well beyond. Not the We're... cleanest game, Not... Tony versus the fans, <laughs> but we did have fun. We got through. We definitely got through. Let's get to break. When we come back, uh, with we'll, a little bit of time we have, we'll talk about some of the Padres' projections. We saw A.J. Casfield come out with this article. We'll get to it when we return. More Gwen and Chris. Here's some traffic. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Because of the shenanigans in the last segment, we're going to boogie here pretty quickly. Uh, we do have, a, I mean, the Padre news just keeps coming in. I know. Uh, Frank, give me what you got. Uh, that was... <laughs> Turn the mic up. Good Lord, we're just falling apart. Uh, Craig Stammen signing to the Padres on a minor league contract. Stam is back. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, longest tenured, the longest tenured Padre at yes, this point, because now Will point, Myers yeah. is is on his way to Cincinnati. So uh, minor league deal, minor league deal. No guarantee he'll be on the big league roster, but not on the forty man. Not on the forty man. Deal. So that means it also means if he makes the team, somebody's got to come off the forty right. man. And so we'll see how that shakes out. But we talked about it earlier. Another one of those. Yeah. Moves that may not necessarily move number numbers wise, but certainly within that clubhouse, big voice. Yeah, uh, low risk, right? Well, same thing with Nelson Cruz. Low risk, especially this one on the minor league deal. I, I will be interested to see out of spring training um, whether he would actually pitch in the minor leagues or you know they would right. let him go. I, I would be interested to see that. Who knows? Maybe he's in El Paso, something like that, and maybe he's up here at some point. Um, but, yeah, look, somebody obviously that was really well-respected in the clubhouse. Again, very low-risk move. Yeah, first first and foremost, that means he's healthy. Yes. He was not healthy That's at the end point. of last year. So uh, we'll see where it goes. All right, let's get to break. When we come back, the Big Five. This is done by Mr. Frank himself. Marchese will give us his big five when we return. We're going to Chris and Ray. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Clock, Tony Gwynn Jr., Sam Levitt, Frank Marchese, hanging out with you guys. Big Five headed your way. 
We mentioned uh, Craig Stammen signs, a minor league deal with the Padres. That's uh, on top of the Nelson Cruz news one year, at least reportedly. He hasn't. It's all depending on that lovely physical that mm-hmm. we've learned is very important in, in order to really <laughs> yes, we finish the contract. Uh, he's a one-year, $1 million pending physical. Uh, by all accounts, that should go well. Uh, yeah, the Padres being active, Sam, and uh, it's, again, not big moves, but as you have said multiple times, low risk possible high reward yeah i i think uh, look there, there are two different moves because nelson cruz is a major league deal he'll be on the 40 man it's a million dollars this stammon deals a minor league contract so we'll see what ultimately happens with him at a spring training um but yeah i mean look I, I, again not to overuse the term but i think low risk is is the right word for older players now cruz we, we talked about at the start of the show is 42 um, look, I think the hope is, is you can play him against some lefties and get some production, get some power, get some leadership, uh, some pop off the bench. Uh, it's good stuff. And I think, again, with the Craig Stammen part of it, somebody that is really well-respected in that in that clubhouse. And at the very least, I would say, Tony, a good guy to have around Peoria during spring training, and, and you see what happens from there. Uh, you know, another thing I, I just popped in my head uh could certainly be a sounding board for Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, Nelson, having dealt with uh, PEDs in his career, yep. has really rebounded nicely. And it's really by, because of the way he handled it afterwards. Um, he's been, he, he, he has been remorseful. He's, he's done everything that you could possibly want from somebody who's yeah. in that position. It's a really good point. And... I think we'll talk about it even more at the top of the hour because yeah. uh, I know we want to get to just that fan fest list of players because it's really impressive. Yeah. Padres announced today, but I think there's a there's a larger discussion on all that to be had, and uh, I know we want to get to the big yeah. five. Yeah, Fa- fan fest Fe- February fourth. It's a yeah. it's a nice it, list it's of great. Uh, I mean, really, as good a list as you can have uh, in terms of players who are going to be there, including. Mr. Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr. And that that was really, I don't want to say the headline, but like one of the interesting parts about the announcement was that Fernando, even in the midst of his suspension, um, will be there at that fan fest. And yeah, we'll, we'll read all the names. It's uh, it's going to be a great event. I, yeah. I've i never seen a fan fest. Oh, I got, really? Well, I've, uh, well I've, I got here so late before last That's year. That's right. I, I guess That's they didn't right. have one anyway. But um, I, I mean, I, I didn't know that they have those kinds of names there and especially this year with the star power that this team has they've got i mean they've got pretty much everybody yeah the the one thing that happens when you get to a national league championship series those are the those are the type of guys that you expect to see at a fan fest yeah so it's great and so it's going to be great for everybody all right without further ado we're going to get to that big five it's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one, the only. Oh my God, who the hell cares? The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. Number five. All right, so the U.S. men's national soccer team got some less than good news from their Premier League side Chelsea earlier today after the club announced that Christian Pulisic would miss the next two months with a knee injury. 
Pulisic came off the pitch in the 22nd minute of Chelsea's 1-0 defeat to Manchester City last Thursday and missed their 4-0 defeat against Man City in their FA Cup meeting on Sunday. The U.S. men's national team is involved in this because they're set to play two friendly matches against Serbia and Colombia on January 25th and 28th, which Pulisic will now miss. He should be ready in time for the U.S. to play Granada and El Salvador in the CONCACAF Nations League at the end of March, but still not great news to hear out of the U.K. Um, yeah, well, clearly. Uh, he um, is obviously, in terms of U.S. soccer, I mean, he, he's the probably the biggest star that, that we have to this point. And uh, I used to hear that he's... Um, Moved himself up a notch that we're actually we're talking about him in terms of Premier League uh, type play, and, and so yeah, the injury the injury sucks. And listen, when you they've had a nice little run here. All those guys who went from league to playing in the the World Cup now kind of ramping things back up for for getting ready to start for league again. Um, the body can sometimes start to break down, and that may be uh, what Polisic is 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 going through right now. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a really interesting point, Tony, about the the body having to ramp back up, especially with the intensity of the World Cup. And that's something I was reading a little bit about while the World Cup was going on as players came back to their clubs and they try to figure out how to to get them back in the swing of things. So I uh, certainly hope it doesn't end up being a super uh, damaging injury for uh, Christian Pulisic. And I'll tell you this, I was actually last night, I was watching some Mbappe highlights. Yeah. Like, it's just, I feel, you know, almost reinvigorated by the World Cup. I mean, you just realize how good these guys are and, and how uh, how impressive a sport and the athletes are. Yeah, no, I, there's no doubt. I, I certainly wasn't always a, a guy who enjoyed soccer, but obviously with, with my children playing it, it has brought uh, a, a different focus that I guess I watch with it now. And it is, uh, it, it's, the World Cup was, was really uh, played at a very, very high level, really all the way throughout. Yeah, it really was. In, in the final match between uh, Argentina and France and watching yeah. Mbappe and Messi, it was it was really something. Like it that, was on display for that, sure. That, and that's that's the kind of stuff that that really can can capture your attention as far as really getting into a sport. And uh, for sure, moving forward, I think this year I want to kind of you know keep track of what's yeah. going on yeah. at all the different European leagues. Number four. All right, to the hardwood as the Miami Heat surpassed the NBA record last night that hasn't been topped in 40 years. The Heat took down the Oklahoma City Thunder last night, 112 to 111, and went 40 for 40 from the free throw line in the process. Miami was down 111 to 109 with 12.2 seconds to go when Jimmy Butler got fouled on a layup and got the and one. Butler made the and one free throw to give the Heat the lead, the record, and the win. The previous record was set by the Utah Jazz, who went 39 for 39 from the line against the Portland Trailblazers on December 7th of 1982. With shooters getting better and better, will this record stand for 40 years? That's a that's a good question. I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, will it stand for that amount of time? 82 to 40 for 40 is really 23. Impressive. As a team, and a lot of these teams have some some not great free atrocious throws is a good. Word. I think that record stands for for a pretty long time. I don't know how long, but that's forty for forty is something. What was the pre- previous record? Thirty nine for thirty nine held oh, so, by the Utah Jazz. So they beat it by one. 
and it was the one that ended up winning Miami the game. Yeah, it was a, an and one by by Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah, no, I I think Sam, you're probably right. This will last uh, for a little bit of time. Um, shooters are getting better and better, and it feels like we've stepped away from that stigma that I felt like was around in like the late '90s, early 2000s. That you know, guys didn't focus in on free throws. Not only did you have a perfect night from Jimmy Butler, I mean, there's three other stars that I think went perfect from the free throw line throughout the NBA. So um, that being said, as Sam made the point, to get an entire team, this isn't like an all-star team that you're as. This is a regular team that's built with guys who have some um, shortcomings when it comes to the free throw line. So, yeah, I I don't see this happening. It, It helped that Jimmy Butler himself went to the line 21 times in that game. Uh, and made all of his, uh, but you know, that's I don't know that that record that record's going to stand. And it's also a team that's built on getting in the paint. I mean, Jimmy Butler, all of those dudes on that Miami T- Heat team, they live in the paint and they force referees to make calls. And a lot of times, more than not, they end up getting it. Yeah, really impressive. Every team has one Shaq. Number three, <laughs> at least one Shaq. Uh, for the first time in NFL history, the NFL PA has released an all-pro team. Unlike the NFL all-pro team that gets selected by a committee of 50 media members, the NFL PA's all-pro team was selected by active players with a few rules. Players could not vote for themselves, nor could they vote for a teammate, uh, and can only vote for players in their position group and players that they lined up on the other side of the ball with. So the way so I cornerbacks read, could only vote for cornerbacks or wide receivers who they lined up against. That's that's how gotcha. I read that. Gotcha. Uh, notable some players that won for their positions were uh, Patrick Mahomes for quarterback, Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams for wide receiver, Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett won for edge rushers. You two have the list. You can read off whoever you'd like. This seems like a really interesting idea. Should it be one that all of the players' associations adopt? Yeah, I I think it is uh, really interesting. And, Tony, you would be somebody really good to talk to about this as somebody who played a sport at a really high level. Like, I I really like the idea of competitors, athletes, really voting on this stuff rather than, you know, the writers, the broadcasters, things like that. There's a real argument to be made that the, the people that should vote are the people that are... You know, in the trenches, you know, an offensive lineman playing against the defensive lineman, a wide receiver playing against a cornerback, guys that are actually on the field playing and, and really know, you know, more than anybody else who's the best and who's the most feared and who's, you know, doing things at a different level than other players. So I think there's there's a, a pretty um, interesting argument, I think, to be made that this would be a, a good way for leagues to go about this, of course. You know, there's probably other factors yeah, when, you have, sure. when you have the players deciding of who they like, who they don't like, things like that. So I think there's an argument either way. You would have to, there would have to be the same amount, uh, there would have to be accountability to the vote, right? Because, uh, because what you don't want is, whether it be via competitive nature, via uh, just not liking a guy, him not getting a vote based off of off of that, right? I, you would need some type of integrity in right. terms of when you vote, taking it seriously, and really putting down you know accurate information. I think the really the only way to do that is to hold people accountable by making votes public. But to your point, there is no other better way right. 
than to get the opinions of which are actually involved, right? So, you know, who would better to tell us who's the best wideout than another cornerback who lines up against him on a right. week-to-week basis? Or maybe not week-to-week, but plays against a, a guy like that. Uh, I guess would the quarterbacks then be picking linebackers? Is that how that would work at that point? Because the quarterbacks could really you could you could have a say on a whole lot of things right. technically. So I, I would be interested to hear how quarterbacks uh, are able to pick in terms of who they are, are going up against. But you know we we are starting. It seemed it feels like we haven't quite got all the way there, but it feels like we are moving away from the time in which you know the folks on our side of the table writers um, have as much say in these type of awards and, and I think you know in some ways it, it's with good reason right I think like I said who better to tell us than the people uh, who are on the field now you could that doesn't mean you need to take all writers out of it you could still confirm by seeing right what they're seeing on the outside that could make it you know even more ironclad at that point but um, I, I do think that this could be a good idea it, as long as you can Keep the integrity of it right. Yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's any sport or any awards that actually use a mix of writers and players. And I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but that would be an interesting way to do it, to, to mix in both what players think and what people that are watching from the outside think. And, and I think what's interesting is there's probably a level of objectivity yeah, and for subjectivity sure. For sure. in both those categories. Number two. All right, just when you think the NFL seems to get something right, you read a bit more into it, you end up having more questions than answers. The NFL announced that they are bringing back the Pro Bowl skills competition this year with eight competitions. The first five will be aired on February 2nd and will include a dodgeball tournament, a three-part elimination series called the Lightning Round, a longest drive contest, a pass accuracy contest, and a best catch game. Oh, silly me. I forgot to mention that the longest drive competition is a golfing event. <laughs> uh, the final three games will be open to the public on February 5th, and we'll see the finals of the best catch competition, a relay race through an obstacle course, and a strength contest. Are either one of you two getting Nickelodeon Double Dare vibes, or is it just me? <laughs> I tell you what, I'm actually looking forward to this. I think uh, the Pro Bowl is long overdue for something that is entertaining. And I think the game, so much more awareness of the actual game of football now, that players have, it's it, the risk is not worth the reward on the other side of it. So, if you're not getting dudes to play the actual game at a clip that is watchable and that is entertaining, you're going to have to find other ways to make this Pro Bowl worth it, right? And so the skills competition in games that which I think the average Joe can relate to, dodgeball, right? Like that's something you see in these in these adult rec leagues that, that people play, right? Golf. Golf is a, is a pastime that a lot of people enjoy. And I think more importantly, these guys will feel safer. So therefore, the effort level will be a little bit higher. You get to see some of this athleticism that um, we enjoy watching so much. I can already see the dodgeball turning into yeah. an absolute just like fun thing to watch. Uh, in terms of golf, you know, not everybody has a pretty golf swing, but I'm sure those guys will be out there trying to uh, happy Gilmore as many drives as they possibly can. 
Um, I, I like the idea. I think really all of the major sports um, should be looking into doing something similar that's not as risky as maybe the actual game is. Yeah. and, and You look at what the NBA is doing. I think they're the ones who've capitalized on it most. Right. And, and obviously, I think the NFL and football is unique in and of itself right. because of the nature of the sport and because the fact that the Pro Bowl is at the very end of the year is also really different. I love it. I mean, I think the dodgeball is going to be great. I, I can already see like all these clips all over social media. <laughs> it's it's a, I, I really, really like this idea specifically for the NFL. I don't know that I would want Major League Baseball to necessarily do the same thing. They used to. They used right. to have and, a and just, Right, and they do have something like the Home Run Derby, right. which is already like different and cool yep. and yep. people pay attention to. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I really like it. I, I love the golf idea, like these big, strong guys, see how far <laughs> they can hit it. I, I think for the NFL and football, that sport it in works. particular, it works really It works. Well. Yeah. Thank you, NFL, for showing me that Saquon Barkley has the same golf swing as Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah, that would be pitiful. <laughs> We end on Major League Baseball, who put out some rather interesting numbers today. It's been well documented that MLB has had some attendance issues in recent years due to COVID, and this season was no different. Attendance was down 6% from 2019, although by looking at Petco this season, you wouldn't know that. No, you wouldn't. But Major League Baseball announced today that they saw record revenue this season accruing between $10.8 and $10.9 billion dollars. Forbes writer Maury Brown notes that a large part of this revenue comes from their new broadcast deals with Fox, ESPN, and Turner Broadcasting. Brown also writes that discounting the 2020 and 2021 seasons, attendance has been going down in each of the last nine seasons. Are MLB's record revenues disguising a serious problem as far as attendance? Sam, would you like to go first on this? You know what? I mean, here in San Diego, it's not. I mean, right? I mean, it, I think at this point you have certain cities and markets and seams that as far as getting people to the ballpark are doing really, really well, right? Like San Diego is a prime example of that. What yeah. the Padres have done is a prime example of that. Um I guess two things can be true at once. I guess the league and the teams can be making a lot of money, but also there be a, a greater need to get more people in the stands in uh in, in some of these cities. So I don't know that it masks the problem. I mean, look, as a baseball fan, as, as somebody who's around it every day, you're around it every day. Look, I want as many people in the ballpark as, as humanly possible in these crowds to be great in every atmosphere. Right. To be like the atmosphere we have in San Diego. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is to it. Like, the, the, you want the leagues to make money. Than the teams to take that money, invest it into players, and um, and then hopefully fans show up. But but you know, like fans showing up, the biggest part of that is when a team is winning and when a team is good and when the players are exciting. And you know that's what we have here in San Diego. It's a good example. Yeah, you got to be careful with these these type of numbers, right? I I think um, it, it's not being masked, right? Because ESPN, TBS, those these companies that have it. They're only buying the rights because they know people tune in to right. watch it, right? So for what you may be losing out on a stadium, you're you're definitely getting via stream, via however it is that, you know, the, the Major League Baseball is broadcasting these games. Here's the other point. How many of these teams that aren't trying are the same teams that have low attendance? People aren't stupid. And, you know, spending money to go to watch a baseball game 
isn't cheap. No. And if you're going to expect people to come out and watch a baseball game, I I would think that their hope is that the product is worth the money. And let's be honest, with only maybe 12 teams, 13 teams, 14 teams trying every year to win, of course, why would people spend their money? They can watch it on TV. They know they can do that. They're paying for it somewhere else. So, you know, I think both things, as, as Sam said, both things can be true. Major League Baseball can be doing well in terms of revenue. Less people could be coming to watch the game. I would like to know, of the people who aren't coming to watch the game, how many of those are in markets where teams aren't trying? Yeah. Aren't trying. I didn't say say our title contenders are uh, top of the the division. I'm saying are trying to win. Far too many teams not trying to win. That's for sure, Sam. We'd like to see uh, some more teams be more competitive year in, year out. No doubt. We're going to get to break. When we come back, we'll have that Fan Fest lineup as well as some, I guess, predictions of World Series in the future. We're going to Chris. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 